what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This episode of The Caregiver Community is sponsored by Pace at Home. During this uncertain time, Pace at Home is enrolling participants who wish to continue to remain at home. Partnering with families, Pace at Home provides caring medical support for all of our program's participants. Visit us on our website or give us a call at 828-468-3980 to talk with a representative that can discuss with you the Pace at Home all-inclusive medical approach. Pace at Home is the champion for seniors wishing to remain in their community. Welcome to the Caregiver Community. This is a place where we talk about the joys and the challenges of caring for our aging parents as well as caring for ourselves. I'm Frances Hall, founder and executive director of the nonprofit ACAP Community, the community of adult children of aging parents. There now are between 10 and 15 million adult children in the United States and many more millions worldwide who are caring for aging parents and concerned about their own life as they age. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about technology. What technology is available? How can technology help families and caregivers help their aging loved ones? And what technology is available for specific situations, like when a loved one has dementia? Tina Miller is the co-interviewer for this podcast. Tina is the Director of Area Agency on Aging at the Western Piedmont Council of Governments in Hickory, North Carolina. In addition to heading the agency and doing lots of speaking in our area, she also is a presenter for ACAP programs and our annual conference or symposium, and she is a member of the ACAP Community Board of Directors. Hi, Tina. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Francis. I'm glad you are here. And Tina and I are joined by January Brown. January is a family caregiver support specialist with the Area Agency on Aging in the Eastern Carolina Council of Governments in Newburn, North Carolina. In her role, January assists with community support and supplemental services for caregivers, respite programs, grandparents raising grandchildren, and Alzheimer's education and support. January also provides educational presentations and training for professionals and caregivers and has become quite the expert on technology and aging, the topic of our conversation today. January, thank you for being with us for this important podcast. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so let's start with some basics. January, what is technology and how can it benefit older adults, their families, and professional caregivers, particularly when the loved one is living independently in the community? Well, 
we're put into an age right now with the epidemic and having to face technology a little bit more than before. Um, Darwin once said that it's not the strongest of species that survives, nor the most intelligent. It's the one that is the most adaptable to change. So Uh we're having to change, right? So um, first, maybe we should define what technology is. Um, It's not all about wires and electronics and Wi-Fi, but more so, um, your dictionary states that technology, it's the science or knowledge put into practical use to solve a problem and invent a useful tool. So what does that mean? Um, you can have low tech and high tech. Low tech is things such as like a Band-Aid. It was developed 100 years ago. Very simple tool. Uh, employee of Johnson Johnson tried to figure out a way for his wife to aid her burns and her cuts when she was in the kitchen by herself. And long and behold, after some gauze and tape, he developed a Band-Aid. Well, every house has one of these, and we've all used one. But it's a simple way to show you what low-tech is. But then you have the high-tech. They're a little bit more expensive. They have quite a few more uses, such as your computers, your smartphones, and the almighty Alexas and Google smart homes that Mm -hmm. we have. So... Definitely utilizing some of these to help keep people independent at home is very useful at this time. Gotcha. Uh, That's interesting. I had never heard of a Band-Aid being technology, but Mm -hmm. I guess it is. The early, early kinds of technology. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. January, why don't you tell us a little bit about how COVID has affected the use of technology with older adults and their families and caregivers? Well, as we know, a lot of us are in crisis mode right now. Things, people are isolating themselves more often now. And a lot of us have been forced to utilize um, technology. I don't want to say there's a silver lining in COVID, but technically there has been. Um, It's starting to transform even the way professionals carry about their day-to-day business with older adults. Um, We've been utilizing more virtual platforms, engaging older adults in activities over a virtual, say, Facebook, or doing it through Zoom meetings. I know in my region, we're hosting weekly support groups through Zoom, and the caregivers love it. Um, Not only that, too, you start seeing new things developed because of COVID, such as the touchless keys to get in and out of doors so you're not touching it. So COVID has its silver lining, but you know, it is bad, but it utilizing those types of technologies can really assist individuals in public and in home. January, what we've talked some sort of uh, over um, some generalities, but talk about some examples of technology resources and devices that are helpful to older adults and their families and caregivers, just sort of in general. What are we talking about? So some simple things are, um, I know that I've worked with some older adults and even for myself, I had knee surgery a couple years ago and getting up from a chair sometimes is not the easiest thing to do. Mm. And so one of the technologies that we usually often um, mention to older adults to help them safely stand up, it also can help a caregiver from hurting themselves, is what we call the sit to stand type of devices. Um, You can go all the way to the extreme of a large chair that's anim- it's electronic that helps you stand up. It's a put you up and it puts you down safely. Um, to even what we call it's called an easy up uses no electronics. It works off of a spring type of mechanism 
But when you're sitting down and you go to stand up, it kind of gives you that little lift and that push to get you to a standing position. I need that sometimes. (laughs) I think we all do. (laughs) But they're easy. The nice thing about an easy up, it's very versatile. You can put it in any chair. So say we're going to Thanksgiving at Flo's house. You can take that with you and use it in any chair in that house. And it's very portable, very reasonably priced. They're about $100. Um, But when you think about even a caregiver helping somebody get up and you're holding by the hands and either a caregiver can throw their back out by pulling on somebody and or you have the potential with older adults with getting bruising or skin tears. And it's all accidental, but it can lead to injury. So any type of item that can help with that and keep somebody independent, like standing up independently and not having to rely on somebody can be can be a gift inside itself. January, I really did not know that there was a a portable device. When you started talking, I envisioned immediately the big like recliner chairs that Mm -hmm. that the whole chair tilts. I, I did not know that there was a portable device. That's good to know. And it's and it's more cost effective. Because when you look at those big bulky chairs, a they're big and bulky. You can't move them anywhere. <laughs> Once you put them where they're going to go, they're going to go there. And not only that, they're expensive. I mean, you're talking, it could be quite a few hundreds of dollars, if not all the way up to thousands of dollars to purchase one of those. And in a time when people, you know, we're a little tighter on our money right now and trying to get the bigger bang for your buck, looking at a device that can do the same thing, but is not as costly and is more versatile is better. Right, right. Are there some other technologies, some other resources that you would recommend? Well, when it comes to technology, what I always tell people is look at what your need is. Look at what's difficult in your life, because I guarantee you there is a tool for that. Um, There are millions and millions of different types of devices. One of the focuses right now, because we do have this silver tsunami going on with our older adults population is on the rise. And companies are starting to look at that. Um, Because of COVID, you see more telehealth, you know, doing it over um, Zoom with your doctors. But there's a tool for everything. There's even, you've got, especially if you have somebody with um, dementia and or if just want to know for falls, if somebody's getting up or down, there's so many different types of alarm systems and alert systems for family members, such as a chair alarm, There's mats that go on the floor that as soon as somebody stands on them, they alert a loud sound. And it's good to allow family members to know when somebody's up, but it also is startling enough it might stop the individual from what they're doing and they shouldn't be doing. Right, right. And they're considered low-tech because... It's bad. They're battery operated. There isn't any app for them. You're not having to hook them up to Wi-Fi or anything. You pull them out of the box, you put the batteries in them, and they automatically work for you. And they're very versatile because just like that easy up I talked about, when you're dealing with a chair alarm or a motion detector or even a floor mat alert system, you can use them throughout the house and or in another location if that person goes someplace. Right. What about, I I hear things about like pillboxes and those kinds of things, the automatic ones, as well as just the ones that, you know, you you buy from CVS or Rite Aid. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's a couple, you know, you can go low tech or high tech. There's your simple pillboxes. 
that count, you know, you put them in Monday through Friday and you just take those pills during that time frame. Um, if you have an individual, we get a lot of phone calls. I need somebody to come over and give my mom her medicine. We get that mm. a lot. And that's mm. the only thing they need help with. There are so many devices out there. Um, there is one called the Hero. Um, which is a wonderful device. It is electronic. It is your high tech. But what it does is when they send you your pills, they get your whole um, prescription list and they send you out the pills for the month and it's an automatic dispensing system. So when it's time to take your blood pressure medicine at 8 a.m., it will dispense automatically into a cup those those meds and then it sends off a huge alarm in the house to remind you to take them. The nice thing about this device is, is if you forget to take it, it will send an alert through an app to your family member to let them know the medicine has not been taken yet. So it, so you've kind of got that double eye on somebody, but it's also ensuring, because we do have an epidemic, an opioid and a drug overuse. And a lot of times when it comes to older adults, it's not, it's more of a misuse, like they forgot that they already took it. So they take it again, or they think they took it. So they don't take it. So these can lead to very complicated medical conditions later on down the road if this is a continuous type of behavior. So utilizing something with that safety, um, I've been working with a young lady lately with her mom. She's early stages, just kind of forgets things once in a while, normal aging, not so much cognitive impairment, but we got her an Alexa and her daughter has set up alarms and in so... 12 o'clock comes around and she needs to take her Tylenol. The Alexa will immerse a loud noise and it tells her the specific medicine. Don't forget, it's time to take your Tylenol. It's time to take your Tylenol. And it keeps repeating it until the person shuts the device off. So sometimes it's just a verbal reminder that somebody needs to remember to take some certain medications. So there's a lot of different types of devices, either the low-end simple type of pillbox to all the way to the extreme where you really need to be managing those medicines and understanding if they're being taken or not. Yeah, and you've talked about that it's that there is so much and it's easy to find. Is that like a Google search? Is that how people would find out? I, you know, I have done Google searches. I've been doing this for about two years, really pushing the technology with older adults. And it's you can even put in things just as generic as spoon for Parkinson's individuals, and it will show you all different types of assistive technologies, but also going to seeing if your state has an assistive technology program. I'm here in North Carolina, and we happen part of our health and human services. We have a division that's specifically for assistive technologies, and they assist and help individuals with finding a device if you have an issue or concern figuring out what might work for you. And they even do a little lending library and can help you test it out, see if it works for you. But also contacting your local area agency on aging. They usually, they're the hub of support and information for older adults and caregivers in the community. Every single state has an area agency on aging. And contacting them to see how they might be able to help you or if they have the resource of where you could get assistance. And there's two ways to go about that. To find your local area agency on aging, you can either go to eldercare.gov or you can also call 1-800-677-1116. And they'll let you know if you have an assistive technology group in your state and or who your area agency on aging is to try to get that support and information. 
that's really important information. I know our area agency on aging was very helpful when my mother when I when my mother was was alive and I was caring for her. So thank you for that. Definitely. You know, um, one of the things that we've really enjoyed, um, and I guess since COVID, is my grandmother is in a nursing home and we are not able to visit her in person, but the nursing home has set up um, twice a week. We have a scheduled time that uh, they assist her with using an iPad and they FaceTime us. And so we get to see her, you know, on the screen and she gets to see us. And that's been really um surprisingly beneficial like she she has some hearing issues and even some vision issues she's 96 um but the facetime has worked really really well for us because we're you know straight uh facing each other we're very you know close even though we're not very close but she can um see and hear us so much better than when we're actually talking in person and so those those weekly or biweekly FaceTime visits have become, you know, so important for us to stay connected to her. And it's something that the facility is helping, you know, all of the residents do, you know, during COVID to try to stay connected with their family members. But I never, never would have thought about using FaceTime with a 96 year old, but it's been wonderful. Well, and they're embracing it. I mean, it's very interesting because older adults are embracing it. A lot of us think, oh, they don't want anything to do with technology. But as a matter of fact, you know, they're, they've done tons of studies and especially right now because of COVID saying how much they utilize like social media. It's their connection. They're making groups. And, you know, when it comes to technology, some of the things that I tell caregivers or family members, we're coming on Christmas and you might get a device for your loved one, but you've got to work with them to help them embrace that technology. Don't let them be scared because they're going to shut it off, never use it, and they'll leave it in their back room. But taking it slow, using easy language and explaining things to them, such as, you know, click the mouse here. Well, what is a mouse and what is click? You know, explaining that to them, ensuring that they know what you're talking about. And using user-friendly type of language that they might understand write instructions down. It never hurts. Give them a type of cheat sheet to remind them of the steps that they need to do. And then give them confidence when they're using it. Don't get frustrated. You need to be patient because they're going to get it. And patience is the key to helping them understand that FaceTiming and all this technology stuff can work. But it also comes back to when we said low and high tech, we've gotten away from handwriting a letter. Pencils have been around for many, many years and sitting down and just writing a letter. Take this time to make a family newsletter and send it to somebody. There's nothing like if it wasn't written, it was never said. So when I say high and low tech, this could be a time to pull out that old pen and paper and start Mm -hmm. doing communication that way. And then we have to remember how to write. Yes, (laughs) And those fine motor skills have to be developed again. <laughs> and think of things to write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some other things to think about, too. One of the things that we're doing here in North Carolina, and I know Florida has been doing, and the state of New York, we've been trying to focus on meeting the needs of older adults that have cognitive impairment and trying to help with the social isolation. As we know, that's a pandemic inside itself. And at this time, more people can be isolated. So one of the programs we've been working with, we've been working with Ageless Innovations. 
And I don't know how many individuals have ever heard of baby doll therapy, where an older adult might have a baby doll that they find comfort in. But Ageless Innovations has developed two types of um, devices, I should say. One is a cat, and then one is a dog. They are robotic animals that have been researched and developed specifically for individuals with cognitive impairment. And it's really been helping them, and we've been purchasing them, and I know a lot of the AAAs and quite a few of the states have gotten together at this time to start delivering them to older adults um, and caregivers that have older adults with cognitive impairment. And it helps with comforting them. It may get them engaged more, and it gives them a purpose without having a vet bill or a litter box or having, you know, that worry. But they're really, um, there's tons of stuff on the internet about them, but it's ageless innovations and the cats purr and they meow and their eyes move and their ears move and their tummies vibrate like they're purring. They are just like real animals. It's amazing watching older adults engage with them. They really are accepting of these animals. But they're- Do they look like a cat and a dog or do they look like a robot? Oh, no, they look like a real dog. The dog is a blonde lab, which Tina must love and I love. Those are our babies. You know, when I go to nursing home, I'm going to want the dog. And then the cats, they come in three different colors. So you can kind of match the cat up with somebody. Of course, you don't want to get somebody who hates cats. You don't want to get them a cat and vice versa. But we're seeing a lot. The baby doll therapy was used very often and is still utilized uh, many years ago. And the way to look at is a cat, a dog, or a baby um, appropriate for an older adult is looking at who they are and look at their past. So if it's an older woman who came from a family of 10 children and she was the middle child and helped raise the babies and she loves children, the baby's going to be for her. But then say, like, my father loves cats. I mean, it's become his passion. And there's only two of us siblings. So when he goes to a nursing home, he may want a cat because that's been his passion the last 20, 30 years is a cat. So kind of pairing the people up. Also, never giving it to them in the box. It's real. You have to bring it in, you know, and you have a brush and you pet it and you introduce it and ask them to name it. And you'd be amazed. The eyes light up. And like I said, if somebody had a cat when they were a child and it looks like that cat, they might start reminiscing with you and talking to you about, oh, this looks just like my cat Tabby I had. And they'll, memories can come up from that. And the, just the comfort, that security of having that animal. Who doesn't smile when you see a dog, you know? Sure. And I take it this is really not just for someone with dementia, right? No, it is. I utilize it also. um, I have a grandparent raising grandchild that I'm working with and they have a child with autism. And so we're purchasing a dog for them. And the child is very fascinated with dogs and has had some issues with confronting dogs and whatnot. So for Christmas, he is going to get his own puppy for Christmas and they're going to adopt it. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that the dog will, it will help him with his attention and some of the behaviors he's been having by giving him purpose. And he's only, he's only nine. So it can be utilized across all spectrums. Wow. You know, that's great. Uh, January, I know that's a technology that specifically helps people, you know, with dementia or some other uh, cognitive impairments. Are there other technologies that are you find that are really helpful for, for families and individuals who have dementia? This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, 
a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Oh, yes. Well, the cats and dogs are one. Um, But one of the biggest fears that we hear about are um, individuals getting out of the house and getting lost. Mm -hmm. Just like an amber alert for a child, we have what we call a silver alert for an older adult. So with trying to find ways to help ease the family members, because as I said, they're afraid all the time that if this person gets out of the house, it might be harmful and can be unsafe. But just being able to have that sense of security that if they do get out, how do I find my loved one? And there's quite a few GPS tracking systems that are available. Um, One that they use with children, such as children with autism, and with older adults with cognitive impairment is um, a GPS tracking system, and it's called Ageless. And they're wonderful tracking systems that are done by a Google map. So you bring up the app and you can see exactly where the person is located. But one of the most wonderful ones that somebody um, developed a couple years ago is called um, a soul, a GPS soul. And these are literally soles to a shoe that fit right in the shoe. And as long as somebody has their shoes with them, you're always going to know where they're at. I might, I might need that for my husband. <laughs> <laughs> They're wonderful. And like I said, because so many people say like the wearables, um, a lot of older adults, I mean, just even me, I'm not going to wear a button on me. And sometimes, you know, you might not have your keys with you. And so the one with the shoes and the sole, like I said, the nice thing, they're smart soles. Um, as long as the person has their shoes, <laughs> you know, you're going to have that safety because especially we're going into the winter and it's cold. And I know we've had a couple cases here in North Carolina where we've had people wander in the middle of the night out in the cold and days were found days and days later. And it can be very dangerous. Um, these individuals might not know who they are. They don't know their address and it can help them a lot um, with getting back to where they need to be. That's wonderful technology, mm-hmm. really important technology. Yeah, yeah. Do you, January, do you know anything about or what the status is? Um, several years ago, I heard about a brief that someone could wear that would detect a UTI. Do you know anything about that? I don't, but I know that there's quite a few. Um, Best Buy, they acquired a health company a couple years ago to start developing different types of technologies. And I know that they've been working on a couple prototypes for that. Um, It's going to be wonderful if it comes out, (laughs) but knowing one particular brand that's on the market right now, there's quite a few that they're working on that and developing that type of technology. But some of the things when it comes to incontinence, I mean, we've been getting into the down and dirty about it, but there are external women catheters, you know, I mean that you might see some commercials on the pure wick program. And I've had a couple talks in some of my support groups about, um, caregivers that take their older adult, you know, they go travel and that the smell in the, in the incontinent supplies can be so strong. And it's just, 
a smell that's not attractive might embarrass somebody. So when we've talked and traveling, you know, you don't want to have to pull over and change every couple of hours. So utilizing maybe some of those external catheters, they're non-invasive. You can buy them. They're over the counter at any DME company. But for males, they have what they call a condom catheter. And then for, pe- for females, it's an external catheter. They're very reasonably priced. They're easy to clean. Um, and it can also help because the longer you're sitting in undergarments or depends, you can have skin breakdown. You have more susceptibility to getting a UTI because of that bacteria. Sure, sure. So if you're in a position where, you know, changing is not going to be an option, maybe going with one of these external catheters might help you in the long run. So now you said a DME. Will you just make sure everybody knows what a DME is? <laughs> yes, a DME company. These are durable medical equipment companies. So you may have one locally in your area, like a pharmacy that might provide some of these supplies or a company that specifically makes those supplies. Or you can, Amazon carries it and Google, you know, Google them, Walmart has them, and you can have them shipped straight to the house. So definitely looking to some durable medical equipment might benefit. And even just looking up the word durable medical equipment, you might be amazed between shower devices that can help people get in and out of the bathtub safely or up from the toilet safely to even car safety. It's amazing. A lot of people, when we think of technology to assist older adults, you think of the home. But when we think of the car, there are so many devices such as, I don't know if you've seen the commercial, but as seen on TV, the car cane, it is an amazing device. It costs like $14, but it's a nice little hook that hooks in the door that allows you to be able to push up and stand up out of the car. And it's, I mean, Google car cane, you'd be amazed. It's a great Christmas present. I bought them for everybody last year, (laughs) but it's car safety. You know, getting at, in and out of a car is very difficult. And especially if being an older adult or if you have an injury or you've had a surgery. And like I was saying earlier with the standing up from a chair, pulling on somebody and trying to get them out could lead to potential the caregiver or family member having an injury. So let's have somebody try to be a little bit more independent and it can help get them in and out a little easier. Good to know. I've I've seen that gizmo, I'm going to call it the car cane, but I haven't <laughs> actually seen it used. So that's good to know that it really does work well. Mm-hmm. So it thank does. You. Yeah. Okay. So you've talked about a lot of different technologies, but when you're introducing, when someone is introducing the technology to an older adult, how would be the best way to go about even broaching it, encouraging them to use it, training them so they're comfortable with it? How, how would you recommend doing any of that? Well, what I usually say is you have to know the level of somebody's potential to want and accept things. Um, some of the things you need to think about too, which I know, I know a lot of the counties here in North Carolina across the United States are very rural and internet and Wi-Fi might not even be a possibility. So it's going to depend on what your capability is in the home, what you can even utilize. But when introducing it, finding out what the need is and explaining, hey, why don't we explore this or that that might help? 
and taking the time to not just drop ship it through Amazon to their front door and expecting them to figure it out is <laughs> not usually the best way to do this. Um, I bought my mother-in-law a Google Home or a, I'm sorry, an Alexa device for Christmas last year. And I know that thing to this day would still be sitting in the box if I did not hand deliver it, hook it up myself and give her cheat sheets on how to use it. And that that's the best thing. And one of the greatest websites I have that is a golden gem for older adults and even for anybody, it's called seniorplanet.org. And it has how-to videos on even how to, um, how do you Skype? Some people may have a, a cell phone, but they don't even know that that's a feature on it. Or how do you Zoom? Your family wants to Zoom you for Thanksgiving, but how do you do that? I don't even know, does my computer have that capability? So there's how-to videos. There's cheat sheets on their website. They even have an 800 number open Monday through Friday for senior questions on technology. So helping them embrace it and teach themselves too. You'd be surprised. There, a lot of older adults are accepting. They just need somebody to take the time to show them how to use it. Uh, right. And I certainly count myself in that. Okay. But so I'm going to be looking this up. It's seniorplanet.org. Is that what yes. you said? Seniorplanet.org. Oh, it good is to know. the best gym. And they have, they even have live classes you can join. Um, talking about different dif- types of devices. They even talked about scams that are coming up. The information is a plethora. It is a gold gem to look at them. Good to know. Thank you. <laughs> I'll just add to uh, one of the things, uh, and I guess you would consider it technology um, that we've been helping people with at our area agency on aging is helping seniors with um, grocery orders, online yes. grocery orders where they can choose to go, you know, pick up their, their groceries at their local grocery store and it's contact free. They put it straight in your trunk. You don't have to go inside. Um, or you can even have the groceries delivered to you. And that is something that uh, we're just seeing a huge need with right now during COVID. Um, and then just in general, it, it's extremely helpful, not just for seniors, but, you know, working families. I mean, anybody, I use grocery pickup and it's just wonderful to be able to go on the computer and order your groceries and then go pick them up um, or have them delivered to you. And I know Instacart um, is somebody we use a lot um, and they have a senior helpline where you can call and they'll help you, um, you know, the seniors figure out how to do the grocery orders. And I know most of our local grocery stores are more than willing to help seniors um, do that as well and, and figure out how the process works. But once you try it one time and you realize how easy it is and, you know, low cost or even free uh, with no extra charge, it's so worth it. And definitely something you can help your family members with if you're a long distance caregiver or, you know, a a busy working parent. Um, You can, you know, order groceries online for your mother and have them delivered to her or pick them up. And it's just such a a time saver. Exactly. I I did that with my mother-in-law. I was we were living with her for a short time period and I did it for months. And then we recently moved out and she did her first one last a couple of weeks ago and she called me up just to verify, okay, am I doing this right? And how do I do this? And when she did it, she was just, she was happy with herself. That's what we, we need to understand that if we give anybody, I mean, I'm even talking children, you give them a tool, you can really make a difference by something very simple. And 
sometimes it's just taking that time, like you said, a senior helpline to help them, or if they have a friend or a neighbor, it's amazing how those simple things that we did not have many, many moons ago have a lot more people are utilizing and it's a gift. It keeps them safe and it gets, they still get their needs met. And as you said at the beginning, yes, this, the technology that we now are embracing more, understanding more and having more of is, is truly the gift, the only gift, I think during COVID, but it is truly a gift. And another thing too, to think about, so technology can transform the experiences of growing older. I mean, of course, your younger generations, they grew up on technology, but think about this, a video game is not new. So I have a senior center here locally. They have Wii Bowling. And I you want to mm-hmm. talk it's very serious Wii Bowling. And you <laughs> do not mess yeah. with Wii Bowling. And then I have a 13-year-old. And we went to the senior center one day. And the seniors had to teach my son, because we don't have a Wii at home. They had to teach him how to play it. So That's this great. is also a great time to do that intergenerational you know, work. I mean, you can't go to a senior center and do back, you know, some of the sports you might have done. Well, maybe having your grandchild finally pull out their, you know, get involved with them and do some video games and learn that there's a lot of fitness in these video games. They're not new. I mean, the first Atari, I mean, we're talking the 80s, you know, 70s and 80s were some of the first video games. So it's not foreign to them, but it, it gets the whole family together. You can all have fun with it. Um, my grand or my son worked with his grandmother and tried the virtual reality. My grandparents have tried the virtual reality. They're in their sixties. They have quests and they were playing tennis. I mean, so it's, it's a good way to get the whole family engaged, getting those younger children involved with older adults and giving them something new something to engage with. One uh, situation that I found myself in was that my father-in-law had called and he was on a train ride across the United States and somehow he had managed to get his phone on silent, which he didn't even know what that was. He said, my phone won't ring, my cell phone won't ring. And he had no idea how to fix that. And I couldn't fix it from uh, you know, across the state without having the phone in my hand. I didn't know how to walk him through and it was an old flip phone. And so I told him to find a younger adult, uh, you know, a young person on the train and ask for their help. And they were able to fix his phone immediately for him and get um, get it back on um, ring. And, and then it actually ended up generating a, a little conversation between that person. And he was just so thankful that uh, they helped him so, yeah, that's a, a good way to have that intergenerational thing. Uh, you know, older adults don't always like to ask for help. Nobody likes to ask for help. But uh, younger people sometimes are so uh, so much easier to, you know, they can help you with uh, f- Facebook and all the, these little things. I know my mother calls me all the time with, how do I, how do I block a person? How do I... <laughs> This person's on my nerves. How do I do this? So, you know, all these little technology questions, uh, even long distance, you can help folks uh, with that. Well, and with Facebook, one of the nice things, so I'm, my parents are elder orphans, as they call them. They're military, ex-military. We're retired military, too, and we're not near them. They're in Colorado. Well, I'm here in North Carolina. So finally got my mom to get Facebook a couple years ago. And it's been so nice because we're able to share pictures about what's going on in our lives. And it's that connection. And it's amazing that how, how much, I mean, my mom is on Facebook daily 
I'll tell you what, she, <laughs> she tags me more than I think anybody, but she, she's found a new love, you know, and most of all, just knowing that technology, it can build confidence and it can build some independence among older adults. It, it can provide older adults with access to health, safety, and engagement and can help us during this time of isolation. You know, it's the holidays. Sometimes the holidays can be difficult for people. It's can be a sad time. Um, we're going into the fall. Fall is usually, you know, winter can bring about those sad feelings. And so keeping connected, it, it's going to be a good thing. Um, silver lining in light of COVID that people are utilizing the computer more. Well, and one of the things, too, that is so important to my grandmother and, and for a lot of us is music. And and that was something that as she was um trying to age in place, but had a lot of um, issues. We got her one of the little Google homes and showed her how to play music on it, you know, and she could say, you know, hey, Google, play Willie Nelson for me. She always loved country music and, and things. So um, having that ability and, and then she could ask it what the weather was. And we, we and, you know, again, we helped her set it up. But then we wrote down in large print a list of questions that she could ask and, and wrote it down how to access it. Because, you know, you would forget to say, hey, Google, you know, you can't just say play this. You had to, to say that first part. So she would forget that. And then to just, you know, simple things like using the remote control um, and making that simple for older adults. I don't know about you, but I think I have six remote controls that work my TV now. Um, <laughs> so trying to make things as simple as possible so that they know how to use them. And one of the other things that we found really helpful was, um, and in January, you can probably describe this better, but the, the things that would turn the lights on for you. So you didn't have to actually get up and turn on the switch. You could say, hey, Google, turn on the hall lamp and it would do that for you. And that was a really um, great safety feature for my grandmother to be able to turn on the lights without having to walk across the room to, to get to the switch because she had mobility issues and used a walker and, um, you know, had a lot of fall hazards in her home. Yeah. And with the smart homes, um, one of the big things that I've been trying to tell people, they're like, well, what's, you know, I, do I get an Alexa or do I get a Google? And I've said, well, do you like Apple or do you like Samsung? Yeah. They pretty much, you know, I mean, it's, they, they have the same features. A lot of the platforms and skills are the same. Um, one thing to think about when you are purchasing it for an older adult or anybody is how easy can they say Alexa? Or how easy can they say Google? Because if somebody's had a stroke or they have a speech impediment or an accent, one or the other might not be easy for them to say. Ooh, that's um, a good point. So thinking about that, um, also we were working with a young lady. Um, she had a stroke. And you don't realize how unindependent you are until you can't do a simple task of turning on a light bulb. Yeah. And when that's, you know, everybody talks about driving. Well, let's go down to even basics. I can't use my right arm or my left arm and turn on a light. Um, this young lady happened to have a stroke and affected both of her arms. Well, we went in and put in some smart light bulbs. And when she could use her voice to turn on the light, to turn on the fan and to turn on the TV, it just, it was her independence was back. She lived with her daughter. She used to have to yell for her daughter to come in to turn the light on, or she'd have to yell for her to come and turn the TV on. And now she didn't have to do that anymore. She could do it. 
And it helped both of them. It helped the caregiver out and it helped her. And it's amazing how that simple, you know, using your voice. And if you're not able to use your voice, some people have lost their voice. There's a lot of push buttons out there now that you can push a button and it will turn it on. And the almighty clapper, the clapper still exists. You clap your hands together and it will turn on anything for you. So you can still buy those. So it doesn't have to even be, like I said, if you have an older adult or you don't have access to Wi-Fi or they're not accepting of these types of smart devices, go back to the old school stuff, getting a clapper or at Christmas, go to Walmart for 20 bucks. You can get three plugs with a little remote control to turn your Christmas lights on. Well, you can use it on any light in your house. It doesn't have to just be for Christmas and there's no voice needed, no Wi-Fi needed. So sometimes even taking it back a step and maybe introducing that first before going all the way to the smart and see if they're willing to accept it. And they'll find out it, it will help. Now, I'll tell you, if you can find a GPS tracking system or an alert system for dentures, <laughs> I think that person will make a million dollars. I have to tell you, disclosure, there is nothing for denture finding. I get asked that all the time. I was like, I can, I can get you devices to find your glasses, but not dentures. But January, one of the things you are saying that I want to reinforce, and that is that you all at Area Agency on Aging, that covers every community in the country, you all are such a good resource. Anytime there is a question, that is my go-to place. You all are my go-to place. Yes. So I'm putting if, a plug and, in for you, Tina. <laughs> thank you. And the best thing to think about is if we don't know the answer, we will definitely find the answer for you. Our goal is just to ensure that the information, the resources are there for individuals and to get them connected to things to help them either remain in the community as long as possible independently, but also in long-term care. Area agencies on aging have ombudsmen that can help and advocate for older adults in long-term care and their families. Right. Tina, do you have one more question? Well, I, I think she kind of told us a little bit, but it, remind us again how to find the, your area agency on aging or reach. how do you find these technologies, resources, and supports uh, in, in your area? Remind us again. Okay, so you can either visit eldercare.gov or if you don't have internet access and would like to talk to somebody, you can call one 800 Six seven seven one 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 six, and they will connect you with your local area agency on aging, and can also help and let you know if you have an assistive technology program in your state or area. Good, good information. January, Tina, this has been excellent, just really good practical information. Thank you so much. Uh, there is just so much available today that we just didn't have a few years ago. So thank you, January, for being part of this conversation. And Tina, thank you for being part of this conversation. Thank you also to our listeners for joining us. We hope this has helped you become more aware of existing technology, high-tech and low-tech, and that you now feel more comfortable considering and using what is available, as well as uh, hopefully you've gained new strategies for helping your loved one feel more comfortable with the resources.
This program is part of the Mesh Network of online shows and podcasts. You may learn more about the Mesh and other programs offered for free at www.themesh.tv. That's www.themesh.tv. On that site, you can also send us a question about this podcast or suggestions for future podcast topics just by using the Contact Us button. We encourage you to find the Caregiver Community podcasts also on Apple iTunes, and you can even subscribe to the program there so you may receive future ACAP, pod, ACAP podcasts automatically. You also, of course, can find our podcasts on our website, on the ACAP website, at www.acapcommunity.org. Once you're on our website, we hope you'll take a few minutes to learn more about ACAP, our local chapters, and our educational programs. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.